0: when you get a cold your immune system gets activated it's usually operating down low keeping you healthy but once you get a cold it's operating at maximum capacity
1: hey everyone thanks so much for listening today we'll be talking with eric hernandez of our very own foundation health he's going to be um, dispelling some common myths around um, the common cold versus the flu so stay tuned for that thanks so much for listening enjoy So Eric, I'm just going to have you say your first and last name and then your connection to Foundation
0: Health. Eric Hernandez. I am a family physician uh, working with Foundation Health. Been here since June. I am one of three providers in the clinic and I love it here.
1: Let's first talk about um, classic cold.
0: Ah, classic cold, absolutely. As we were talking about earlier, it's one of the most common, if not the most common complaint we'll get in a primary care doctor's office. Here, we're seeing about one, at minimum of one, classic cold symptom complaint per day.
1: And when people are coming in, do they know that they have a cold or do they think they have the flu?
0: It kind of goes both ways. Some people will. I'd say it's, this time of year, it's probably, Oh, 70-30. 70% think they have a cold. 30% think they have the flu. Gotcha. Um, In the summertime, it's typically just cold.
1: Interesting. Okay. And so then can you kind of parse it out for me, the difference between the flu and having a cold?
0: Biggest thing with the flu is abrupt onset. And a lot of people feel like, yeah, you know, it it came on over a day. Well, actually, what we're seeing is abrupt as 3 o'clock, you were fine. 3.30, you had fevers, chills, body aches, coughing, nausea. I mean, just abrupt, like a ton of bricks. That's the biggest indication of flu. In addition to that, most people, the abrupt onset, they'll have fevers, potentially cough, body aches, and potentially nausea or vomiting. So those are kind of your flu indicators. Gotcha. Can
1: you talk about like the, like the how you would treat someone when they come into the office, they're not feeling well, they don't know if they have cold or a flu, so they end up having a cold. How do you treat that?
0: versus treating someone with the flu? Uh, So the flu, the treatment for the flu, there is a prescription medication called Tamiflu.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, But you have to start that medication because the flu is a virus, it's a self-limited virus. Uh, You have to treat it within, during that active viral shedding phase, which is the first 48 hours. Gotcha. So if you feel like you've got the flu, we need to get you in right away. Otherwise, if you wait three days or more, There's really nothing we can do but help your symptoms. Now, even then, I guess one could say that the Tamiflu isn't really doing much for your symptoms either. Tamiflu's purpose is mainly to prevent you from having any complications from the flu. So the flu complications, number one, is pneumonia, flu pneumonia. That's what kills people. That's what you hear about on the news that says, you know, this year we've had... 30 cases of flu-related deaths in the state of Colorado or whatever that is. Um, That's related. It's usually flu pneumonia. So Tamiflu minimizes the risk of flu pneumonia if you get started on it right away. In addition, it shortens the duration of the flu by 24 hours. Now, the duration of the flu is typically five to seven days, and that's it. And then it's gone. It's like I said, it's a self-limited virus, very self-limited. Whereas the common cold duration can, if it's a virus, it can last up to two weeks. The flu is one week, and then we'll be on its way. Tamiflu shortens the duration by 24 hours, so you still have all your symptoms for instead of five to seven days, four to six days. Even if you get on Tamiflu right away, it's just it primarily minimizing the risk of complications. So typically, what will Usually, with education, we'll tell patients, "I am happy to prescribe Tamiflu for you, but just be aware this is what happens if you are somebody that's in a high risk category to develop flu pneumonia. Those are or potential other complications. There's seven categories of people that belong to that." That's uh, pregnant women, children under two years of age, adults over 65, people with chronic lung, liver, kidney or heart disease, uh, and then HIV infection or other sort of immune minimizing states like maybe a, a organ transplant where you're on a medication that's suppressing your immune system. Those are your big Seven. That those people really should be on Tamiflu. Now, all does the same group that I highly recommend get a flu shot every year.
1: Can you talk to us about prevention? Simple steps people can take to minimize their risk of getting a cold this season.
0: Absolutely. Uh, so, basic hygiene is really the best prevention you can do for viral colds. That's. A honestly about all you can do. Again, it mutates so fast. There isn't an immunization against it. There is for the flu. And so prevention there is the flu vaccine. Um, but for the common cold, uh, Typically, it's the rhinovirus, is what it's called. Rhino for nose, like rhinoceros or rhinoplasty, because that's where it starts its infection is in the nose. So, um, that one is just hygiene. Try not to touch your face, wash your hands frequently. Um, if you are ill, instead of spreading it to other family members, practicing excellent hygiene on your part is great, but also the rest of the household. I tell people, wash your hands every time you pass a sink. Every time you see a sink, wash your hands. Um, coughing and into the crook of your arm rather than into your hand is a great way. Coughing into your hand, you use your hands to open the door, that virus is now on that doorknob. Somebody else comes by, grabs the doorknob and then rubs their eye, boy, now they got pink eye. So it's, it's basic hygiene is the biggest prevention you can do there. I love water because if you think about a cold, it's inflammation is really what's causing all of your symptoms. And if we go back to that rhinovirus, it's in the nose, hitting the nose. That's gonna swell up the nose so you can't breathe through it. Uh, The injury from the virus causes inflammation. Also, your immune system is trying to target that infection and knock it out. Well, the immune system, the the active participants in the immune system only travel through blood to get there. So in order to get there, they got to increase your body increases blood flow, the highway for the immune system to the nose. So you get more fluid in there, you get more swelling, you have more inflammation, all of that because of that, you can't breathe through your nose. You're stuffed up. That inflammation, uh, You've got sinuses, you've got your ears, all of which connect through the eustachian tube to drain into the nose, and they drain mucus. The sinuses and inner ear are air-filled cavities. Any air-filled cavity in your body has to line itself with mucus to stay moist. So where does that mucus go? If it's constantly producing mucus, it's got to drain out. It drains out through that eustachian tube. If the nose is all swollen or inflamed from increased blood flow as well as trauma from the virus attacking you, it's going to swell the opening of that eustachian tube shut. And then you're going to build up back pressure in the ears, back pressure in the sinuses, develop the pain in there. Hmm. So all that's due to the nose swelling. Now, you lay down for bed at night. You've still got... Congestion here, you can't breathe through your nose. You've got runny nose because of the increased blood flow. It's gonna drip right down the back of your throat and cause that sore throat. So when people tell me my sore throat is awful in the morning but it gets better as the day goes on, 90% of the time, 95% of the time, that's because of post-nasal drip. And so it drips down there, causes the sore throat, drips a little further, gets into your airways, now you start developing the cough. These are all the common cold symptoms and it's all related to one source, the nose decreasing the inflammation, do you know anything that decreases inflammation in the body that you can take on your own?
1: Hmm. I can think of things that are inflammatory, but I can't think of the
0: opposite. An anti-inflammatory, right? Yeah. Advil? Advil uh, decreases inflammation really okay. well. So Advil's is a good start, but Advil decreases inflammation all over the body. Some people can't take Advil because it upsets their stomach or causes kidney problems, or they have a history of stomach ulcers. So it increases the risk of bleeding. You can't do Advil. Flonase, a steroid is a nasal steroid spray that decreases inflammation and it would only decrease inflammation in the nose, stopping it at its source. So I personally love, I can take Advil. So I, when I get a cold, which I just had last week, I was hitting Advil, three tablets, three times a day with food, plus Flonase, two sprays in each nostril twice a day. That Decreased the inflammation stopped any drainage coming down the back of my throat causing the sore throat Kept the sinuses ducts, and the eustachian tube and ear ducts open so that all that stuff could remain draining and I So I never really developed the sinus infection ear infection or anything else. I was able to fight it off It took about a week. I guess it's been eight days now and I'm I'd say I'm 95% better um before wiping it out and the the water hydration is important because that the side that mucus that gets in there if you're getting dehydrated you're drying out that stuff's going to get thicker and thicker and thicker and it's not going to drain through that tiny little tube so if you can keep it hydrated and keep the mucus secretions thin then it will drain out just like water Um, humidifier in the room at night helps with that hydration even while you're sleeping to keep those mucus secretions thin so hydration is key plus it's a great support for your immune system. Your immune system is functioning higher than usual, which is like your inside of your body's running a marathon. You can get dehydrated if you just stick to the amount of fluid that you usually drink. If you get dehydrated, then your immune system suffers and those symptoms get a lot worse. So pushing water is key.
1: One last question for you, if you're getting a cold, you're really not feeling well, does it make sense to try to keep up your exercise?
0: I stopped all physical activity, and I recommend people not necessarily stop all physical activity, but don't start training for a marathon when you uh, when you have a cold. If you think about your body as like a factory, there's lots of different machines in that factory running at any one time. Unfortunately, we can't draw more power from anywhere in our human body factory, whereas uh, a usual factory, you could, I suppose, pull in more power. You have a set amount of energy in your body at any one time. Typically on a day-to-day basis, that's targeting your brain, being forced so you can think, so you can act, so you can move, so you can do everything you do to your heart to keep pumping blood throughout. Your lungs, your vital organs are all taking up a certain amount of energy. If you go for a run, if you run a marathon, now you're demanding your muscles start taking up some of that energy. All right so now you've split the energy and so you might feel very tired when you get a cold your immune system gets activated it's usually operating down low keeping you healthy but once you get a cold it's operating at maximum capacity so it's pulling a ton of energy to a system that or a machine that usually doesn't require that much energy that's why everybody just feels rotten fatigue tired just want to rest all day just have no energy whatsoever because the immune system is working hard to fight this off and again that's like running that marathon as if you we're running a marathon, it's going to dehydrate you. And so I do not recommend exercising. I'd say relative rest um, to allow your immune system to use all the energy it needs. Keep it hydrated, support the immune system so that you can knock this out on your own.
1: Thanks so much for listening to another episode of Well Now with Foundation Health. Stay tuned next week for another conversation. We look forward to talking with you then. Thanks so much and have a great week. Bye-bye.